0: it's the score north twin show
1: boys let's pump it up around here we have twins playoff baseball for the first time in three years, and Twins playoff baseball in front of an actual full stadium for the first time since 2019. Yep. Tomorrow at Target Field.
2: And a game one this time. And so, because in 19, they came back down 0-2. And it was still a full stadium, but it wasn't like the start, of, you mad. know. Like, this is blank canvas.
1: Yeah, baby. Yeah. I mean, when's the last time they hosted game one? 2010. Was it 10? Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Guess the Yanks? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. they got beat. Is uh, that the Granderson triple? I think that was the Granderson triple. The bases clearing triple. Heck of a player. I always yeah. like to get the willies thinking about all those those Yankees. No, don't uh, think about them. Don't makes, think about purge them right exercise now. Size the demons. We did a little exorcism exercise. Dex
0: got his mustache. Week. I shaved. I asked the bra- I asked the my fiance my bride to be. I said I'm going to shave a mustache. I was going to bed last night, and she was like, "Why?" I said. <laughs> Because the twins are in the playoffs, and I haven't had one before for the twins in the playoffs, I'm trying all the new juju I can to make this happen. Said I said, "I think this
1: is going to work." Yeah, I do.
0: It's it's and and if they this will be on for as long as they are in the playoffs.
2: I'm on record as saying there are some people who a stash such as myself looks super creepy on. I think the Declan stash is good.
1: It probably works the best out of all of us. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't. You don't look. It I looks did, fine. I did have to
0: trim. I, I went into bed and then I like I got a Snapchat. I looked at my phone. And I could tell one end was like a little long than the other. And then I had to grab the. I'd wake up the. I'd be like, "Hey, is this is this uneven?" She was like, <laughs> She's yeah. "Up in her up in her yeah. face." Oh is this God. uneven,
1: hey honey. Hey, honey, is this a little? And she was like, "Yeah, can you it, pull out it the is." She's
0: like, "Go away." Yeah, it's uneven. <laughs> but not even giving a really good look. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs>
1: uneven. Go fix it. But like, I don't care. Go.
2: Welcome to get, marriage. Go away. Welcome to marriage. It only gets worse from
1: here. <laughs> Jeez. Judd's just a ball of sunshine today, by the oh, way. You no, spent I'm trying the to help whole out. Purple Daily live stream just complaining about not. the Vikings. I That's not true. Deflin I gave you a pie chart to that was
2: very positive.
1: Can you be positive for a second about Park Tavern? Until oh, we had God, a blast yeah. there yeah, yesterday. Talking, yeah. That was our first Vikings watch party of the year. Uh, a bunch of you turned out to, at first it was kind of commiserating about the Vikings, but then they won the game. So it was a blast. Park Tavern in St. Louis Park, just a great spot for uh, for group gatherings and anything that you're uh, looking to do socially. Really.
2: Absolutely true. And we, we spent the game or the day in the back room, which is their 11th frame, but it's attached to a patio that's not just a patio now. It's basically two patios in one. It's a huge space. And uh, Park Tavern, bowling, great food. Great drinks, specials as well. But here is the key. If you are looking to set up a group, and I'm talking a big group. I'm not talking a small group. If you are are going to arrange an anniversary party, a birthday, whatever, Park Tavern is the place to go. Uh, for them, this is as simple as it gets. All they need is enough time to set things up. But Park Tavern, they are the pros when it comes to Uh, Groups such as the the one that we put in the 11th frame yesterday, which was a ton of people. Guess what? Comfortable, fun, great environment. Uh, Go to parktavern.net or you can give them a call, 952-929-6810. Parktavern.net is the site. It will give you all of the information that you need. But our friends Cheryl and Phil at Park Tavern, they do a fantastic job. They would love to see you and your group. And again, we're talking real big groups at Park Tavern. Louisiana at Louisiana Avenue South in St. Louis Park easy for me to say.
1: Boys, let's uh let's go through so it, it is our Monday State of the Twins here. This will be probably our last State of the Twins until we get to whatever we do in the offseason. But we've done this every week going back to the we really we did this actually on the Mackie and Judge show until we relaunched the Scornor Twin show about 3 months ago. So we'll give you kind of one final snapshot and then I have some questions for you about the upcoming series against the Blue Jays. And then uh, we're also going to do a little bit of a dive back into the uh, the exorcism realm here. I have done some digging into the 0 and 18 that I'd like to share with you guys. Mm-hmm. But the overall snapshot is the Twins are 87 and 75 to finish the season. So it looked for a while they're like uh, there might be a division winner here that barely ekes above 500. They wind up finishing 12 games over 500. It's a better record than they had in 1987. So it's not not as embarrassing to win a division with 87 wins. Uh, the Twins offense finishes the season 10th in runs scored per game. So they finish with, because of the second half surge, a top 10 offense. And then third in run prevention defensively and pitching. So a top three run prevention unit and a top 10 offense for the whole season. Baseball reference gives the Twins a 6% chance to win the World Series. And fan gives the Twins a 2% chance to win the World Series. I don't know why they have such a wide discrepancy there. So my first question for you guys is the Blue Jays are coming to town. Their fans travel pretty well, so we'll, we'll probably see a bunch of Blue Jays fans inside target field. What are you most confident in on behalf of the Twins going into this series? Go ahead, Dex. The pitching.
0: I think the pitching is really damn good. And at first, I had an initial fear of, of Kevin Gaussman because he's been rested and he'll be their game one starter. And then I realized, actually Sportsnet helped me realize this, yeah. uh, the Twins have roughed him up really well in like the last 11 starts. Like He has a bad ERA against the Twins. Um, so even though you're getting you know the rested staff ace for a team, which wouldn't be the case against Houston, wouldn't have probably been the case against Texas, you actually now are backdooring your way into Toronto, and even though their staff ace has been rested, you have also bopped him pretty good. So I'm confident in the Twins pitching, but I'm also confident that the Twins don't have to dig themselves a hole in game one and have to climb out of it like they would if they had to have face a, a potentially really good pitcher on the other side. So I'm I'm confident in game one, man. I, I really think the Twins can take control of this series early, and then you have two other chances to obviously move on to the ALDS. So I, I think the Twins get off to a hot start, and I'm confident in that.
2: To Dex's point, uh, Gosman, 11 career starts against the Twins, 1-1, and 635 ERA, and in 10 innings this year, seven runs against and nine walks. So, yes, he's yeah. definitely struggled against the Twins.
1: He's right. Got him because he doesn't throw that that split-fingered fastball that he throws or that sinker, whatever you want to call it. If you can just identify it somehow and not, he's not trying to throw that for a strike all the time. He's trying to get you to chase and swing him. I think he has the best strikeout rate in the league because hitters yeah. chase that pitch in the mm-hmm. dirt. So I don't know if he tips pitches and the Twins have picked it up or if that they're was just the really rumor. good at laying off that That's right. or what it is.
2: Yeah, because they, they hammered him in um, Toronto last year. And you're right. They thought that he was tipping pitches or that the twins picked up on something in particular. I forgot about that. So you just mentioned. sometimes
1: that. what will happen is Tori Hunter sort of talked about this one time, I think on our 1500 ESPN show and we were at spring training like seven years ago that sometimes the, the sinker ball pitchers or the split finger pitchers, their glove will flare a little bit when they're digging for that pitch. I love this stuff. That's why they try to start like the sequence with that grip so that if they have to move off, if the catcher gives a, you know some other pitch you can move off of it but if you're trying to dig for it your glove flares because you're like you're in there trying to, you know i wonder if
2: gosman yeah. will call the game himself with pitchcom then maybe because if he calls the game he doesn't need to have an adjustment because he'll be telling the catcher what what he's going to throw him as opposed to getting the signal
0: and can assigned. i can i make an assumption here that even though toronto does travel incredibly well in fact i even made a case the last time they're in town that I'd like one of the best times of my life at target field, like six years ago when i the Toronto blue Jays oh, yeah, came to town. Yeah, that was a great time. um That if the playoff tickets were snagged up by the twins, I'm not saying there's going to be no blue Jays fans there. Cause there will be blue Jays fans there. I don't think it's going to be a normal down the third baseline, two full sections of blue. Like it is for the home regular season, home games Like, I don't think it's okay, going to yeah. be as man. Like it's not going to be all Canada on the left side of target field.
1: I yeah. I've- I mean, well, but, A lot of Twins fans are probably going to try and, like, if I can make, you know, 50 bucks on top of my, uh, if I can make a profit off these tickets, how married am I to, like, a wild card game one? It's really, it'll be a supply and demand game, but there will be a lot of Blue Jays fans. They'll find their way in, and there's always tickets available, StubHub and whatever, but you're right. It's not going to be like, oh, there's 15,000 seats open, like, at a regular season game. Right. They'll have to go pay a premium price on StubHub. Yep. All right, most confident.
2: I'm going to um, piggyback off what Dex said and take it to a certain area, and that is I'm most confident, actually, in the bullpen. I love what they've done. I love the fact that they have uh, uh, retooled it. Varland out out there now. Maeda out there now. Um, I think my biggest problem in 19 and 20 was the guys that they brought in immediately after the starters were ordinarily like head scratching, whoa, well, are you sure that that you want this guy in now? Um, I don't see nearly as much of that as a possibility. I think that they knock on wood, that they've learned from that. And so what they've done to prepare themselves from a bullpen standpoint and not and not to say, you know what, we these guys did a heck of a job. Let's just reward them. They basically have made some very, I think, uh proactive moves. So the bullpen actually gives me confidence. Duran at the end scares me a little bit because he's become a bit of a wild card at times. But the overall construction of the bullpen, I'm actually far more confident in than being skeptical.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I don't know if they had great foresight or if they have just sort of. Lucked their way into. Hey, some guys are coming back. Louis Varland took to. The, did they have this vision for Louis Varland all along? That's my question. Did they have? Probably not. Did they know that Brock Stewart was gonna perfectly align in his rehab track? You know, into late September. So whether it's partially luck or just hey, we got a, we got six guys. If four of them come back, we're gonna be fine you do feel much better about the options and the velocity that some of these guys are throwing as relievers versus starters than maybe 2 months ago.
2: I feel like the Varland move doesn't get made by the 2019 or
1: 20 Twins. Well, I don't know if they even had a guy like that. But, but I'm saying like at they're... that
2: point in time I don't know. I I just really like the, the fact that they identified a kid that throws hard and said, "Okay, what can we do that might alter his trajectory a bit but can help us?" Yeah. And and I would there's a lot of names that you could throw out as bullpen possibilities that I'm more comfortable with Varlin being out there than them.
1: The thing I'm most confident in is a little bit of an if because we need to find out 10 a.m. tomorrow. I believe is when the playoff roster has to be submitted, and we will be live on the Scornorth YouTube channel after every Twins playoff game with a Twins vent line here. Scornorth Twin Show Twins vent line. So we'll we'll bring fans out of the show, just like I do for, uh, for Vikings vent Line, We'll do the same thing for Twins Ventline. Um, if Carlos Correa is healthy enough to be on the roster after the, the full tear of, uh, of the tissue in his foot, I think the thing I'm most confident in is playoff Carlos Correa. <laughs> so he has 334 career postseason plate appearances, which is a lot. That's uh, 79 games in the postseason. His OPS is 25 points higher in the postseason. Actually, 30, 30 points higher in the postseason. His slugging percentage is 40 points higher in the postseason. He just sort of shows up. And by the way, in the wild card and ALDS rounds, he has a slugging percentage of 600 and an OPS <laughs> over a thousand in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Nice. He's very good as the playoffs progress. He is incredible in the wild card and division series rounds in his career to this point. So if his foot feels as good as it's felt since the beginning of the season and he's going to be on this roster, you might be adding instead of having like a 60% version of Carlos Correa which you've had all year. You might be adding like the full October playoff Carlos Correa to this thing starting tomorrow.
2: I love that, and I could see it because he – so the thing that I'll give him credit for, and I I was among the chief critics of when he was not producing at the plate, but the thing that just from a starting point – Chief hater. Chief hater. Chief chief hater. But the thing that I will will credit him for, and I feel like people don't hear this because they just hear the criticism, is just from a starting point, him at shortstop is huge, and in the playoffs it's bigger. So just him playing shortstop. Um, and before you put that down and say, oh, what? Don't forget, Jorge Polanco trying to play shortstop against the Astros played a key role in, what, the Game 2 loss back in 2020. So Carlos Correa makes plays that we take for granted, but they are not easy plays. And Carlos Correa, in a, in a playoff game, in the field alone, will make a play or two. Um, that will look simple, be taken for granted, and some guys would throw the ball away. Some guys wouldn't make the play. But, yes, I, I could easily see him. He definitely could be the type of, of guy, and his statistical pass, Phil, to your point here, speaks to that, definitely be the type of guy who, when the pressure gets on, actually thrives. Because yeah. yeah, so that makes perfect sense.
1: Because he has throughout his entire yep. career, you know, including, by the way, the two wild card games, against the twins in 2020 when he hit one of the big home runs in one of those games. Uh, it was only like, you know, a two game sample size, but he was great in that series too. Mm-hmm. So if, if we get that version of Carlos Correa, let's rock. And roll. Okay. Give me something. Uh, the the main thing that you are the most nervous or anxious about on behalf of the twins.
0: It's another what if, but with Toronto. So their offense has actually kind of staggered after being one of the best in baseball last season, like yeah. Vlad Guerrero, he had a fine season, 26 bombs, but OPS of 788. Matt Chapman, who was one of the best hitters in baseball last year, he got he was off to a pretty rough start, didn't have a great 2023 campaign. George Springer, probably put in the same camp as Correa, right? Like He's had a down offensive season, but when he's been in the playoffs, he's a very, very good postseason hitter. Is there a sleeping giant in that Blue Jays lineup? Like I think people probably even still look at the Blue Jays lineup and say that hey, one, if they just need one series to get hot, and they can obviously take over a series no problem with all the pop in the middle of their lineup. Now on paper, again, they've had slow starts from their core players in that lineup, but is a sleeping giant? Are they going to wake up at the absolute uh, inopportune time for the Twins side, and then they can yeah. take over a ball game? I think it's more of a what if uh, from from the Blue Jays side.
1: Yeah, because if you if you look at all the names in that lineup, even like Brandon Belt, right? It's it's a bunch of names that have had really good track records and careers. Some of them, George Springer's one of them, might be getting a little closer to the wrong side of their prime. Like Springer's probably thirty two or thirty three mm-hmm. at this point. But if you get the best version of all of these names that you recognize in a series, it's a problem. Like if if the best version of Vlad Junior. and Bo Bichette, Whit Merrifield, what? who Twins fans remember when he was with the Royals for all those years. If you get the best version of all these hitters, that lineup is incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they true. haven't really had that all season. So it's, it's t- if you're that lineup, it's time to go. It would be these okay. next couple games or or never. Jed, what about you? And away we and go.
2: Um, my Mine <laughs> mm-hmm. is this. And look, the second half says this is not going to be a problem. But until I see it resolved in the playoffs, I'm sort of a wait and see right now. It's the Twins-Bats. Now, the Twins-Bats, since the All-Star break, have have been great. But to go back, for all we blame pitching for the playoff woes, the reality is, in recent playoff appearances, the Bats have shut down. The Bats have shut down. And that includes 2019, which was a historic. Now, it was definitely a different construction as far as uh, the Bats went and the roster went, but that was a prolific, at the time, the most prolific home run team of all time. And the Bats shut down. So until I see the Twins actually come out and score runs and look like, you know what, we are going to keep the train going uh, from what we started right after the All-Star break, my biggest concern is that because I feel like we sleep on that at times that that has been a fundamental problem of this team, and it's a reason, a big one at least recently in the 18-game losing streak.
1: I'm going to piggyback off Judds, actually, because I think a reason – for the bats maybe hibernating here this week, if if they do, would be the Blue Jays bullpen. So on paper you look and you say, okay, they got Jordan Romano, who's one of the better closers in baseball. And then like they acquired uh Jordan Hicks at the deadline in a trade. Yep. There's not like that many other names in that bullpen, but here's the here's the thing that could be a little kryptonite for the twins lineup. The Blue Jays have four relievers who average more than 10 strikeouts per nine innings, so they have some big-time strikeout relievers, and the Twins are the most prolific strikeout team in baseball history. Uh-huh. So Blue Jays' strength playing to Twins' weakness. And then uh, the Twins also have a lot of left-handed hitters, right? Well, the Blue Jays have a lefty named Tim Meza who has a 1.38 earned run average this season. So they've got that lefty that they can bring in if they need, all right, we got Walner, we got Kepler, <laughs> Walner coming up. Situational master. Yeah, and you could stagger your lineup because, you know, Tim Meza has to face at least three batters unless he's finishing an inning. Right. So you don't have to stack a bunch of lefties. It'll be interesting to see what the lineup construction is. You know, if you've got a right-handed starting pitcher and you load some lefties up, but then, like, Tim Meza can kind of pick his inning to to face three straight lefties. But you got pinch hitting options, too, so there's a chess match to be played here in the later innings, but that that bullpen has some strikeout prowess and an interesting lefty to deploy against this lineup. So um, I was just kind of going through some of the other things too with with these Blue Jays. So Fangraphs gives the Blue Jays, oddly, I think, because they're a wildcard team, the second best odds of any American League team to win the World Series. Hmm. And that's despite going through the wildcard round. So they've give, they give they give the Astros the best chance of any American League team to win the World Series. They won their division. Uh, Blue Jays have so Astros are I think nine percent or ten percent, and the Blue Jays are seven percent. The best odds are coming from the National League, where you've got the Braves yeah. at like twenty five percent, and um, the
2: Orioles have to love this though.
1: Yeah, the Ori. No, everyone's kind of looking at the Orioles, waiting for yeah the downfall, but they just played this way for six months largely, so. I think what what Fangraphs is saying as an analytical platform is the Blue Jays are a much better team than their record and place in the standings indicates. But again, like if they don't wake up in the next two or three games, then it doesn't really matter. So um, let's shout out a couple more friends here before we keep. We got an immaculate grid coming up here. Um, our friends at Livia are helping a lot of Purple Daily listeners and Score North listeners here. Score North twin show, lose weight going into this fall, Judd.
2: In fact, I talked to uh, someone who came to our draft party at Park Tavern yesterday, and he said, Judd, yeah. you turned me on to the program, and if you are watching right now, you see Sports Dad. Lost 40 pounds a couple of years ago. He said Livia actually has helped him drop more than 100 pounds. More than 100 pounds. You looked absolutely that's great. Awesome. I'm like, dude, congratulations, because that's a lot of work. But you know what? It's just more proof, and a lot of people in um, who watch Score North Know this, it's more proof that Livia works. And right now, special offer is this, three months for free. That's right, you join now. You're going to get three months for free on a program that has been voted the best weight loss program in the state for three consecutive years now. 855 go L I V E A L I V E A. Livia.com, inside or outside the state. It works because if you are a a Score North uh, twin show fan in, I don't know, California, guess what? It can all be done virtually. That's right. It's that simple. It's a program that absolutely works. It's not a diet. You can still live your your life. It's a lifestyle change, but they're going to help you with it. Livia.com.
1: Also, a shout out to our friend at uh, friends at Summit Orthopedics. So, if you're a baseball player and you're dealing with some pain, and you may or may not be able to be on the postseason roster, we recommend Byron go to Summit Orthopedics. Byron, <laughs> there's a number of guys that might fit this category: knees, shoulders, hips, back, whatever it may be. Summit Orthopedics can help you. No referrals are needed. They offer same day appointments. And uh, they also offer orthopedic urgent care starting at eight o'clock in the morning, seven days a week, 25 locations across the Twin Cities and Greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com. Summitortho.com. Uh, I did a very sadistic thing over the weekend here, inspired by that YouTube documentary that we talked about at the end of last week. I was even DMing with, I believe you pronounce his name, Chris, uh, Chris Hanel. Chris Hanel, H A N E L. He's the creator of this YouTube documentary. It's like 90 minutes, the 0-18 playoff streak, and he goes through each and every game. He goes through the math. Hey, the Twins had this percentage chance to win this game in the 8th when they had a two-run lead and Joe Nathan was on the mound. And then he took the the peak win percentage of each of those games, and he did the math and came out that for you to lose all 18 games would be 69 billion to one odds, which is classic Minnesota sports. And so I went through and I found the five games where they had the best chance to win. I just want to run these by you guys for uh, exorcism's sake here. Okay. Let's, let's stare at the streak here. Just like these twins players are doing. Let's smoke it out. Let's not ignore it. This streak has been in our lives for two decades. There's generations of twins fans that are coping with this. They've had five games where they've had an 80% chance or better to win at some point in the streak, which is incredible. Like, hey, uh, eight times out of 10, you win this game. And then nine times out of 10, you win this game. For You to lose all five of these games and then 13 more. Mm -hmm. So the first game of the streak was the 2004 ALDS game two, where they had an 88% chance to win after Torrey Hunter's home run in the top of the 12th inning. And then the bottom of the 12th inning, a-Rod hits a game tying RBI double and uh, Hideki Matsui hits the game winning single to right field series tied at one. Yep. And that was the last time the twins like the game before that was the last time the twins won a, a playoff game <laughs> uh, later in that same series game four, the thing? twins had a 97% you were at that game. I was in right field bleachers
0: left field bleachers left field bleachers.
1: So then you remember, Dex, when the Twins had a 97% chance to win after Grant Balfour retired Derek Jeter and Alex Rodriguez to end the top of the seventh inning, and preserving a 5-1 to one lead for the Twins. Or Juan Wincone, right? Was it Juan Wincone? Uh, was it Juan Rincon? I think it was Juan Rincon. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ruben Sierra. Juan Rincon.
1: Ruben That's Sierra. The, did you catch that home run ball by Ruben Sierra?
0: No, I believe he hit that to the right field over the baggie. It was. It was a okay. bomb. Yep. absolute bomb three run that. bomb that was right.
1: Yankees rallied for four runs in the eighth capped by a Sierra three run bomb <gasps> and then the Twins went on this to is, lose that game this is painful for Declan hmm? 2009 ALDS <laughs> game two Twins had a 92% chance to win headed into the ninth inning with a 3-1 lead at Yankee Stadium hmm. and that's when Joe Nathan gave up a two run bomb to Alex Rodriguez I believe the Phil Cuzzy play then happened in extra innings Joe Maurer should have had a leadoff double and then Mark Teixeira walked it off with a bomb against Jose Mahares. Oh
0: yeah,
1: remember that guy? Oh, Jose sweating Maharis.
2: constantly. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That dude could
2: save that
1: name for, for a immaculate yeah, grid he
0: played for anyone else, but I, I should look. That
2: Rich up. Garces did, and he also sweated profusely.
1: Denny uh, Denny Reyes, Dennis Reyes, oh Denny Reyes, oh big right sweater, right. yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. 2010 ALDS Game One, 89 percent chance to win with a three nothing lead in the sixth inning at Target Field. And that's when Francisco Liriano sort of hit a wall. Curtis Granderson also hit a wall with a ringing triple. that cleared the bases to put the Yankees ahead. And then the 2017 wildcard game, the AL wildcard game, the Twins had an 81% chance to win that game after they chased Luis Severino in the first inning with home runs by Brian Dozier and Eddie Rosario. He, so he leaves that game, and you have an 81% chance to win. Right now, and then the bombs away.
2: Dex would prefer to be in a dentist chair. Just watching the look on Declan's face is the most priceless bit of this exercise.
1: <laughs> we need to stare at this streak. We need to, he acknowledge doesn't want it. to stare at it. We need to not fear it. Yep. We need to we need to swim in it. We need to feel it. Yep. And we need to not be afraid of the streak Splash anymore. Flash around. Okay? Yeah, no question. Don't feel anxiety. I feel like I feel we're all just like walking on eggshells nah, around you, this thing. Right. No. Right. The twin, the, and I love it, man. Like, even more players have been asked about it in Colorado, and like, uh, Kyle Farmer was asked about it again. They're like, "Yeah, I mean, we acknowledge it. Yeah, we acknowledge it, Roman Reigns style."
2: And they've been told, "Let's go end it." And it feels like they've been told now, "Don't act like you don't know," which I actually like
1: from a PR perspective. It is disrespectful to fans to either act like you don't know yeah. or to brush it off like it's not your own. If you put a twins uniform on. It is yours to own now, yeah, and, and and you can either sort of lean into it, you can accept it, and take pride in ending it. That's what that Red Sox team Let's did say. in two thousand four, yeah. right? They yeah. said, "It is okay. We weren't alive eighty six years ago, but you know what? We are Red Sox right now. Right. Let's rip some whiskey shots and go beat the Yankees." Yeah, and they go win the World Series. They owned it. Because mm-hmm. maybe the Twins need whiskey shots. I guess is what. Because it didn't. Right
2: sca- because it didn't scare them. That, that's partially why I think. Korea can help for sure here but that's why I go back to Royce Lewis is so important to me because he's not going to pretend at all like he will I think he's he is that rare person that actually likes stuff like this like he's like yeah put it on me I want to end this like that's a hard thing to do um but yeah the more that you own it and the more that if you can have a guy or two though that really like embraces the challenge Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. You know, Puckett they, loved Puckett loved that stuff. Puck loved it because he laughed. He laughed and said, you know what? I'm so good. I don't really care.
1: Yeah, I think they've got some of those guys. I think Sonny Gray falls in that category. I think Pablo Lopez actually kind of falls into that category, too. It's kind of a bulldog. Yeah. Uh, Royce Lewis, for sure. Carlos Correa, you know, one of the best postseason performers of the last 20 years. So let's stare at it. Let's embrace it. Let's hug it. Let's massage it. Dex, you want to stare that at it? Nope. you want to hug it? I haven't even watched
0: that documentary because I'm not ready for it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to watch it.
1: You're part of the problem, Dex. <laughs> this <laughs>
0: whole anxiety not, you're no, giving up. I'm, no. I'm not I'm this gonna is go back part of the and re-watch right here. that. I'm not gonna be a arrest- I love him. No, I'm not gonna go back and rewatch that yet.
1: Can't do it. Yeah, this right here. This so is, is, is win, the this the meek, fearful attitude no. that Minnesota fans perpetuate you know what, and boys? permeate throughout stadiums. Right here. Get on my back.
2: Get on my back, because I'm going to carry this team. That's what I want. Oh.
0: Go out go out and win the damn game. I don't need to watch a documentary over it. Go out and win the game.
1: <laughs> That's fine, too. That's what That's I want. And I'm,
0: I'm not I'm not crapping on you for watching it. It's fine <laughs> if you want to watch it. I'm not going to go down and watch it.
1: Can't uh, do it yet. I love your passion. I got to admit, I love you, your passion. Are you guys ready for an immaculate grid here to <laughs> yeah. close out this uh, playoff preview yeah. show? I'm okay. Excited. Yeah? Let me talk to I, you. I love playoff
2: baseball. Playoff baseball is great.
1: Let's put eight minutes on the clock just for some parameters. We'll see how far we go here. We're looking to go nine for nine. That's how the Immaculate Grid works. Anything less than nine for nine is not immaculate. Ooh, some legacy franchises here. I
2: like this. I like these franchises.
1: So we're going to go. We're looking for, let's see here, a uh, Philly who was a pirate, a Philly who was a White Sock, and a Philly who was a Silver Slugger, which I believe started in, like, nineteen eighty. We're looking for a guardian who was a pirate, a guardian who was a White Sock, and a guardian who was a Silver Slugger, and then a ranger who was a pirate, a ranger who was a White Sock, and a ranger who was a Silver Slugger. Eight minutes on the clock, and away we go. So Burt Blylevin
2: works for pirate and guardian or pirate and ranger, whichever
1: one you if want we, to pick. If we can start with twins, I mean, you
2: know. Jim Cott works for Phillies and White Socks.
1: Let's do uh, that. No, let's do okay. G- that's an obscure one, right? Billy Philly White, White Sox, Jim Cott. Jim Cott played but for a he is an immaculate grid god. Two percent or less. One. One percent. Right? Oh, yeah. uh, okay. What
0: about the blo- the Burt ones? He said Burt for uh, these two squares: Guardians and Pirates, or Rangers and Pirates.
2: Yes, he played for the Pirates. He he went from the Twins to the Rangers to the Pirates to Cleveland.
1: Let's put, let's put his name on. on we can so whichever can use one him. you want to use. Uh, a White Sox who was a Ranger, Harold Baines. He's a Hall yeah. of Famer. Pierzinski. But... yeah. AJ Pierzynski. Pierzynski is. Let's do it. He's been
2: on Another lot, guy dude. that's really good to use on the grid.
1: Three percent, six percent. That'll do. We'll take that. Okay. Uh, the Silver Sluggers are going to be harder to get rarity scores on. Sox
2: and Sox and Cleveland, Albert Bell, right? Albert Bell, Baltimore to the White Sox, right?
0: Tell me. But that's going, to yeah, that, that's going to be high. Yeah, that's going to be high because he was can good also, with both those teams. Oh, Tomey's available on three, uh, three of these squares.
1: Yep. Philly. Well, Philly's White Sox, Philly's Silver Slugger. And well, no, he wouldn't have been a Philly Silver oh. so Maybe he was a Philly's I Philly think
0: Silver. he was, but was he can put it Cleveland. in the back
1: pocket. The, actually, the Cleveland Silver Slugger might be pretty low for Jim Tomey. I was thinking Cleveland's even, uh, had a few.
0: Manny Ramirez yeah. used for that one because people forget about Manny on the Guardians. Man Ram for sure. Oh. He was great there.
1: I once watched Manny Ramirez... Uh get thrown out on the base path twice in one game. Like just forgot how many outs there were one time, like as a rookie when I was at a game with my dad at the Metrodome. Did just him. running around. He thought he thought there was an inning that ended one time, and so he just like trotted around second base and took his helmet That's off. Awesome. It's like I no, only one out, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's
2: so manny.
1: Uh,
0: did Rich Hill okay. He played for the Pirates yep. this year, right? Yep.
1: Got traded to San Diego. And they, and, and then uh, did he play for the- Texas for sure, right? Did
0: he play for Texas?
1: Thought so. I that, but that's where like Burt Blyleven would be. Okay, well, pretty that's, rare. That's right? where
0: if we can use one of like Burt's going to be rare, I think for probably either of these. But if we had mm-hmm. another answer in our amu- ammo that we could use, well, Pittsburgh, for the other one.
2: Pittsburgh, Cleveland. You got Carlos Santana, but that's not going to be, be rare. rare. That's going to be very high. Um What former twin played for Pittsburgh and? In- like a Cleveland, besides 11
1: I'll give you an old school. Oh boy, an old school white sock Indian. Okay, white sock shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe Jackson played okay. for both of those franchises nice. back like a hundred years ago. Nice, Phil. Very nice. Too. I can get you with the old school ones. That's well, I, a real. I have major major gaps in my. Uh, <laughs>
2: That's good. That, that's My, great. like, early 2000s. What a pull. But... What a pull. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, are there any other... Did Matt Lawton play for oh, Pittsburgh? Ooh. ooh. He played for Cleveland, Cleveland? I know. And, and But he played for the Mets because it's the, Mets. the Rick Reed trade. Where did
0: he go? He went to Cleveland after the Twins.
2: I thought but... he bounced around.
0: But I think he was in...
2: But I don't... I'm not going to swear to this.
1: Mm. Hmm. 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 And that feels right.
2: Morno, Morno oh. didn't play. Oh, a, a, uh, well, pirate
1: uh, McCutchen would be a pirate Philly, but that's going to be a big be one. Very high. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, who was that guy? Uh, Steve Pierce. Remember him? He was a twin. He was with the twins. First Steve spaceman. Pierce, right? So he came up with the pirates. Okay. Did he also play for the Guardians slash Indians? I feel like
2: he did. You might be right. That, I I can't ah, swear to that ah, one.
1: I might be wrong on that though. Okay, we can. Uh, let's deploy Bert. We should deploy Bert here just to get a square. All right.
0: Patrini thinks rare, Judd.
1: I think the the text the Rangers, and the Pirates. Yeah. Right. Interleague.
2: That's and and it's the oldest because he went Twins, Texas, Pittsburgh, and yeah. pitched on the World Series team.
1: Three percent. Okay. That boy,
2: Rick Albert, yeah. <laughs> July 11.
1: Okay, so he's gone. Uh, we could deploy Tomy if we feel like... Pirate and Guardian? The su- what? Well, Tomy wasn't a pirate. Yeah. He was a or Philly. Fi- Philly, I'm sorry. It would be a Silver Slugger. Do we think he was a Silver Slugger uh, Guardian? I mean, Manny Ramirez was probably a Silver Manny. Slugger.
0: I think even Sizemore.
1: Oh, yeah. Grady? That's a great one. Dude, that's a great one. Sizemore? Let's do that one. Yeah, like he was like an MVP candidate, right? Yeah. Oh, he's a couple great. Times. To, he, 5 5%. 5% nice. nice.
2: Texas, Juan Gonzalez, Pudge, I'm sure was a silver slugger, right? I think
1: uh, Tex. Yep. I think Teixeira. Mark Teixeira. Mark Teixeira. Teixeira.
0: I'm trying to think old, too. Alfonso Soriano, maybe even after the Yankees.
2: When did it start, Phil?
1: Like you know early him? 80s. Late. I'll I'll look it up here. We can look up. Okay. When did Silver Slugger start? It was like late 70s, early 80s. All right. 1980. 1980.
2: Nice call. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think, well, we have a good amount of guests we have a good amount of people there. It's just who we want to pick. Um. I think Wangan, Tex, or Soriano are the better ones. I think Pudge might be a little high. Sometimes people
1: forget about Wangan Gonzalez, you know? Yeah. For sure. Um, what about, uh, did Hank Blaylock obscurely win? He had like a couple big seasons. I'm trying to think.
2: Palmero? Like
1: uh, r- r- rarity score. Uh, Palmero. Palmero at first base for them. DH. Oh, we could, the safe play would be Juan Gonzalez. He won an yeah. MVP, for God's sakes. Yep. So All right. It's go. probably going to be like 15%. You nailed wow. it. <laughs> 15%, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm better at yeah. guessing the percentage of the.
2: <laughs> You're working for them. That's why you get all upset when I rip the Immaculate grade.
0: You're working for them. You know. <laughs> um. So Rollins, Utley. Yep. Bobby yep. Abreu. Roland, Roland. Roland.
1: I still say Tommy. He played first base for the Phillies. Roland might be really good But he good played there. at late... Ryan Howard. Would
0: Would he
2: have won a Silver Slugger Mike Schmidt. After... Mike, Mike Schmidt. Schmidt.
1: Mike Schmidt, is that going to be too
0: popular though? Oh, he's like, isn't he like the most popular is, Billy of all time? Yeah, one of them.
2: I mean, this is hard though because it's going to be. Po- I mean, Lenny Dykstra. It's hard to find a five percent like size more. I don't remember. Uh, I, don't I think Abreu, Abreu might,
0: might be the rarer one there. Then
2: okay,
1: Bobby Abreu. Bobby Abreu. Darren Dalton ever win one as a catcher?
2: Probably. I mean, again, so it's because he he was in. The '90s, so that that would make let's sense.
1: Go, let's go, Bobby Abreu. Okay, that's one of those names that people just kind of forget about. It's probably I'm going to guess the percentage. Well, I was going to say eight percent,
2: three percent, three percent. Nice,
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> what a happy guy he was too. Um, okay, we got two squares left. Okay, we're looking okay, for okay. a pirate who was okay. a Philly and a pirate who was a Gardo. Uh, did uh, who was that first baseman, um, uh, Pedro Alvarez? Did he play? He did he play for the Guardians for a minute? Adro Alvarez. He was a he was a Pirates first baseman. You got me, like third baseman first. Baseman. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, what? Who, who's the guy that got traded this year? Who was a Pirate and Guardian? Was it uh, Bell? Josh Bell.
1: Oh, Josh Bell, definitely a Pirate. Yeah, he was a Pirate in a Guardian,
2: and then he got traded to Miami. Right?
1: Might be high because he's active, but do we want to try it.
2: So I'm
1: just we know it we out can there. just we we know we can win with Josh Bell and Andrew McCutcheon. On both these squares and be done. So now it's just kind of how much do you want to chase a rarity? Did store? Did Kenny Lofton go to Pittsburgh? I don't.
0: I don't remember. No, I don't remember. I don't okay. think I he don't, did. I don't Ad-
2: Atlanta, right? Cleveland for sure. Atlanta. Uh,
1: did Niger Morgan play for oh, the Indians?
0: Oh boy, dude, I love that guy. I think he did. He was Brewers. That would Pirates. be A pull. Do you want to do it?
1: Did he play for the Guardians? I. Can, Rajai, ri, I'm trying to think of these like speedster fourth outfielders. Like, like Rajai, Rajai Davis played for the Guardians.
0: Yeah. yeah. Niger Morgan, should we try it? Should we get cocky?
1: It's how, up to how, Phil because I'm, he, only, I'm very. He threw the name out. Very 50, like,
0: like 50. we can win. We can win. i There you go. Cocky? Do you want to go? We can.
2: All I'm saying before you pull the trigger is we can win. We
1: can win. Let's try it.
0: Yes, no. Wow, what a
1: pull. <laughs> what a pull. Oh, boy. Um, so we're at 20, 26, 29, 31. We're sitting on like a 35 rarity score right now, boys. If we could get a really did, obscure um, pirate who was a Philly. Okay, pitchers.
0: Did, did, a, yeah, I, uh, did AJ Burnett, he was a pirate. Oh, yeah. And a Yankee. He was a Philly. Wasn't he a Philly? And I believe a J... He was a Marlin. He was started Mar- off as a Marlin. He, yeah, I mean, he might be an Edwin Jackson
1: guy. Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, this is... What's, up? what's I'm that trying that? to think. I, a couple oh. twins just flashed into my oh, head. got it. Uh, Doug Minkiewicz didn't play for the Phillies, did he? No. That was only Pirates. No, no Pirates. Um, Pete McCann, There's got to be twins. There's uh, got to be twins. Liriano never played for the oh, Phillies. That
2: okay, what twins have played for the Phillies? Did John? Did John Smiley? Did John did Smiley bounce to the Phillies?
1: Nishek. Smiley was A's, Pirates, Twins, Reds.
2: Yeah. Eric Milton was, not Pirates. I think he. I think did Matt Mears
1: play for the uh, Phillies? He played for the Pirates.
2: No, I don't think he
0: did. All right, so we have Burnett in the pocket. Okay, I'm trying to think, think. of. Jeff
1: Rebele played for the uh, Pirates. Ooh, did that, he play for the Phillies? Good one.
2: Al Newman never played for either team, but he'd be a perfect, <laughs> immaculate grid guy. Um, See, Tom, just. Tommy Her, this, was went was traded to the Phillies, but I don't think he ever went to the Pirates. I'm just trying to think of former. The twins.
1: Pirates are tough because, like, most mo- they're mostly just a feeder for all the other teams. Yes, and guys bounce through <laughs> yeah. there
2: really quickly sometimes.
1: Yeah, they'll just they'll just be like there to resurrect their career <laughs> or to end it, and then they'll move somewhere else.
2: All right, pick one. Should I try AJ?
1: That sounds right, dude, uh, and yeah. that would be more obscure than Andrew McCutcheon. I th- I'm I'm going to back Declan on this. Okay. AJ right. Burnett Let's for the it. win. Here we go. For the win. Yes! Here we go. 21. And it's, what is it, 5%? Way to go. 6%. Five. Nice work. 5% Five. boys. Nice work. That's That might be our best grid. That's pretty good. Nice pretty, work. Pretty, a 41 rarity score. I think we had a 30-something before, but yeah. that's pretty good. That's Who's one seen? of our best scores.
2: John Smiley.
1: Yeah, McCutcheon was the top oh, at 43. Cool. Ryan Howard, Jose Ramirez, Josh Hamilton, Elvis Andres, Jim Tomy, Carlos Santana, Niftali Feliz. It's a great one.
0: Only 9, though. What's that? Awesome. Only 9% on Pirates. The most pop- popular Pirates yeah. Ranger is only 9%, so that goes to show there's only 118 ah, of them. Yeah,
1: I'm just cool. real quick here, curious. Did Hank Blaylock win a Silver Slugger? Let's see oh, here. Right. Hank Blalock. Because that would have been a freaking pull. Uh, no, but he did get MVP votes in 2004. <laughs> hmm. He definitely got MVP votes. And he was an all-star, so remember that one for, for later down the road. All right, boys. That's the, the last our Twin show we do until Twins Ventline after the first. Right? I mean, I don't think we're going to pump one tomorrow morning for a 3 o'clock game, so this is it, man. This is your preview show mm-hmm. right here. It's good stuff. Let's fire this right up. on. Ready. Let's go. All you nervous, so anxious nervous Twins right fans, now. lean into the uncomfortableness. Let's X. go. Leave me alone. We just want the Twins to win a playoff game for, for the first time in 18 right. tries. They will try again tomorrow at Target Field. We'll be on the Score North YouTube channel right after it finishes.